Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. One of the most challenging things to navigate as a parent are our child's emotions, particularly if you have a child who is prone to anxiety or anger. Sometimes it can feel like you need a psychology degree just to get through the day. Lynn Jenkins is a psychologist and the director of Boss Brain, an online program designed to help children from 5 to 11 navigate their big emotions. Lynn, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Oh, thank you. What kinds of big emotions do you find in your clinic are most problematic for children? Mm. Well, the most common presentation that comes into my room, it would be emotion regulation. So whether that's due to one of the anxieties or what appears to be anger. Right. Mm. And they're pretty tricky for parents, yeah. aren't they? Oh, well, parenting's complicated. There's so many things that we don't even realise gets triggered until we have them and then experience the behaviours. There's so much information out there. We don't really necessarily know the correct way and we want to do it right. So yeah. there's a pressure as well. Yeah. And you said then... Um, one of the anxieties. So that's yeah. the other thing. We can't diagnose our child. We can't understand precisely what that big emotion is if yeah. it's become a challenge. And that's where yeah. you come in. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I know a little bit more of the specifics. <laughs> um, but yeah. But do you know what? It's really similar system in the body. And that's how I operate. I operate just understanding how the body how we're wired, how we come into the world, uh, needs that all humans have, particularly little children, and our brain and nervous system. So once we understand that, in my belief, it makes a little bit more sense about what to do ourselves. Yeah, which mm. is brilliant. Mm. So I guess the thing that parents are dealing with mm. is the behaviour that comes from the big emotion. Yeah, And I think maybe that's where we get confused as parents. Yeah. I mean, is that what you see? So we might see something and go, oh, you're being difficult or... Mm. Yeah, it's it's the interpretation's key. Yeah. And this is where it can get really, really complicated because we're essentially, you know, people being brought up by people. They've been brought up by people. <laughs> We've got our own stuff that we're not even aware of really. So we have opinions flying everywhere, pressures and things like that. But when it comes to looking at behavior and interpreting the behavior, it's really important to interpret in a way that allows us to uh, see it for what it is. Yeah. So for example, if we see behavior and we interpret, interpret that as, oh, naughty, um, manipulative, um, doing it on purpose, something's wrong, our response is going to be very different to um, to what it actually is, which I'll talk about maybe, is the, um, okay, so their system's under stress. They mm. need help from me. So it's going to be very, very, very different. In, so interpretation is actually the first step in or creating the lens um, to view that behaviour. That's vitally important. Okay. So why don't I throw you an example? Mm -hmm. So that will help us get really practical yeah, about it. Yeah. Parents can get their head into it. Mm -hmm. Let's say you have a child who is quite anxious about school. Yep. And every morning they come to you and they say, Mum, mm. I feel sick. Oh, yes. It's a common one. <laughs> or my tummy hurts. Yeah. And after several weeks of this and yeah. you're getting ready to work, yeah. go to work and things are frustrating mm. and you're just like, you're not sick, you're not mm. staying home, Yep, off we go. Yep. How would you 
suggest a parent <laughs> deal with that situation better? Yeah. Well, going on and on is is difficult, but I see. So the lens that I I believe is a good one to view behaviour, quite accurate when we understand how we're wired as humans, is that any behaviour comes from them and us being in our protection zone. Okay, so the only reason we're in our protection zone is because our nervous system has perceived a threat. Okay, so when we view that behaviour as okay, so they're feeling sick, they feel we work out they're worried about something then the investigation goes to, okay, so what is it that they're perceiving as the threat, which can get really tricky with kids because it doesn't necessarily make sense to us. And kids are great observers and terrible interpreters. (laughs) So they, 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 they interpret things whether up to developmentally, which is all they can do, but often it's inaccurate from our point of view, but from their point of view and their little way of thinking and their nervous system wiring and their history and their genetics and their temperament, something is being interpreted as a threat to them. Oh, God, I love that. They're good observers but terrible Mm -hmm. interpreters. That's the basis of all of our things. That's incredible. A lot of our things come back to how we've uh, interpreted our early experiences. Yes. And they're often wrong, but that's our unconscious and that's our engine under the hood that guides us throughout life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, gosh, that sounds like a whole other series. I know. know. Um, (laughs) So, um, Lynn, I know that you've been doing this for many years Mm. and we're going to talk a bit about this amazing uh, digital, Ah, I want to say app, but it's so much more than that that you've created. But um, I'm just wondering in your experience, do you feel like now you understand children's interpretation better than previous to starting all this work? Yes. And before I had children, (laughs) (laughs) well, maybe my third, (laughs) the first two poor little things. Um, Yes, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's that that lens that you talk about. Yeah. I feel like as parents, we're getting better at seeing it through their eyes. Yeah. But I feel when it comes to behaviours, we still get a bit stuck sometimes. Well, we about, do. Mm. And and look, and partly that's because uh, particularly the external behaviours like the kicking and the, you know, the screaming and the hitting and the stomping and the slamming and all that sort of stuff, it's very aggressive and, and we're nervous systems too. So we're in, and we, and again, we want to do it right, but we're we're under stress ourselves. Plus the main view of kids' behaviour is probably still, um, okay, we need to fix the behaviour as opposed to looking under the surface and understanding, well, you know, there's something that this behaviour, behaviour is a strategy to meet a need, like what's the need? But, you know, unfortunately that's still, but it's better than nothing. Yes. But it's still, it just keeps it going this idea that I need to focus on that behaviour, I need to fix it. But this is the issue, right? When it comes to us humans, we've got these strategies and tools that people often think, I need to go see a psych to get some tips and tools, yeah, yes. just to manage this behaviour. But we call those top-down strategies, which means they come, it requires brain stuff. Executive yeah? functioning? Abilities, yeah. yeah. It comes from the top down. Yes. But as humans, mm. and especially our little kids, we need bottom-up stuff, which is um, body-up stuff, which is calming the nervous system and coming from that angle as well. That's why a lot of the tips and tools don't work. 
Yeah, yeah. they do for some, but it depends on the timing of when we, we do it, how practiced they are. But this is the little bit that I'm hoping is coming more into mainstream is part of emotion regulation for kids and adults is knowing some bottom-up skills. I love that you say that because it's so practical and obvious and yet I feel like it is largely missed out of the conversation. Yeah. And even reflecting on my own experience as an adult with anxiety. Yeah. Had it for years. I'm talking decades. Mm, And never once did I believe that breathing had the capacity Uh, to get me out of that cycle. Yeah. Yeah. But to be able to understand that. That's where I'm at. I know. It's a huge shift. It's a huge shift. Because when you understand the why, it's easier to choose to do it. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of it is choosing to do things. Yeah, especially yes. the, the management side of things or the, we don't like to use that word these days, but working with them and learning about them and things like that. But the negative stuff and the suffering and all that sort of stuff, is it just comes naturally for us humans. Yes, that's we have right. To, we have to choose the, the ways. And when we understand why that works in the body, for example, uh, the breathing and mm-hmm. what it's actually doing and, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, okay, well, of course I'll do that. Exactly. Yeah. And I also, once that clicked for me mm. and um, I was at a conference on the weekend about mm. anxiety and oh. they were giving us little exercises you could do with your kids. And oh. I thought, wow, I mean, <laughs> again, so obvious. And yeah. yes, it's been said before. Yeah. But when I really thought about it, I thought, yeah. actually, when they come to me, when someone comes to me and says, I've got a sore tummy or yeah. I feel sick, they yeah. want me to give them something yeah. that will help shift that. And yep. me saying, oh, just hurry up. We'll be, you'll be fine. Get in the car. You'll be fine. I know, right? That, that I know. doesn't make any schedule. difference. Well, it's not what they need. No. Yeah. But it, giving them, oh, here's, it's almost like, you know, Nana with her, ma- and this, yeah. I'm not saying that this is, breathing's a placebo. Not at all. No. But it's like Nana saying, here's yeah. the magic cream that's going to yeah. make your itch go away. Yeah. And it's just Savlon. Yeah. And the kid's like, oh, they're going, wow, Nana's I got know. this magic cream. Yeah. Because they're looking yeah. to us to yeah. give them a solution. They are. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, often sometimes it's not the solution. It's just that um, mum's not turning away from my little bit of pain and suffering and worry right now. She's yes. actually turning towards me and doing something. So I think it's partly that as well. Yeah. Because that's the main thing. Okay, now let's talk about Boss Brain. Okay. Firstly, you have a clinic. You're yep. working with kids all the time. Yeah. Why did you decide to design yeah. this particular program? Well, mainly because the main presentation is difficulty regulating emotions. And little kids, they get in trouble with those external ones and they get reputations and it's just heartbreaking, yeah? And so parents would come individually. So I'd do the little strategies for them and i talk to the parents and then, um, you know, it might be a couple of weeks and then they might be sick or something else. That would be a big gap. And do you know what was missing is the practice, yeah? So when you understand how the body operates, when we want something to be automatic, so it just comes easy, natural to do, we need to do it over and over and over again. So this was the issue, you know, that there was nothing wrong with the strategies or the tools. It was just, it wasn't practiced enough. So I thought, right, I need something. So um, I put this together and then I thought, okay, so how can we do the practice? And I looked online and looked for credible, you know, whatever. And, um, and I found Mightier, which is a US-based program. 
And it's research based from Harvard and Boston. So that's it, Boston. That sounds very good. Yes. Tick that box. (laughs) But the results are very good. And so, what that is, it's a bioresponsive technology. So that means. They've got an iPad. Mightier has is a is a game platform, so there's lots of games that they play. They wear a, an armband that's me- measuring their heart rate, and they see their heart rate on the screen via a little gizmo that goes when they're in their calm zone. It goes from blue, and then when they're getting worked up as they're playing the game or doing anything, it goes into the red. So that's Mightier. So then, and it, it gets more difficult as they play. So there's lots of opportunities for it to go up, or if they make a mistake, it'll go up. So the boss brain component is. It's a 10-week program and we meet online but live every week for a term and they learn a new calm down tool and or the education why we use it. And then they have to practice Mightier and the calm down tool every day for that whole term. Yeah. So it came about because of the emotion regulation and because I knew this is the way to do it. And I wanted it to have as close as possible to how I work individually with them. Yes. So that's why, and we're pretty chuffed about this, it, it's a program that has the top-down tools and it also has the education and the parent connection and the parent, uh, like, playfulness we we promote a lot because that's natural way for kids to, to connect with parents. It's their language. So a lot of education about parents and parents do it with their children. Okay. So that is a vital part of it because that's the bottom up stuff and it's the top down stuff, which is the tools that kids can use. And by the end, they've got a backpack full of their little management tools. Yeah. So tell me about the games. Like you say, p- playfulness is really important yeah. in this. And when you say it's a program for mm. a week and they've got to do work. Yeah. But then you tell me their games. Yeah. My brain goes, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> this seems to be the key. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, Maria, even though it's technology, it's described as, you know, homemade oatmeal biscuits as opposed to Mars bar and pizza technology. But it's, look, it's just what engages them so that they yep. can practice it. So it does engage them. They like it and they collect little larvalings and snowflakes and all sorts of things. But, you know, it's also because it's a group online, you've got the little, especially the little anxious kids who are a little bit quieter. A byproduct of Mightier is, oh, it's just amazing to see because they just get more confident because being online, but in a group, it's safer than yes. being, you know, um, in, a, in an actual room. And we keep it fun and it's all, you know, it's all education, mainly about the brain, the nervous system. And they, every time they calm themselves down and they see that, okay, so I breathe, yeah, which they've been told a thousand times before, but this time they see it actually going down. Like there's no, and I always point out, who's doing that? Oh, me, I guess. Yeah. Who's got the power? You've got the power. You've got so much more power and control over your emotions than you've ever realized. So that's part of it. And that's why we call it boss brain. Like they're the boss They've got a lot more control over where they put their attention and how to manage their little bodies and self-awareness and things like that. So it's vas- we, we want to keep it simple, effective tools and the appropriate information, which is, again, those easy tools and tips plus the education behind it and that bottom-up stuff of the parent involvement and the connection. So do the parents ever nick the watch? Because I was We just... ask them to. <laughs> it's really fun. And siblings. Like yeah. we've had so many repeat customers of siblings, partly because they want to do it too. It's a really nice feeling. And the feedback is, uh, and we are researching it and we're starting with the parent-child connection. But what we've noticed so far is the parents have, a lot of them say, 
we've just got such a better relationship because I understand it now and we've got a common language. And plus it's really because parents learn to create those lenses and how to look at behavior in a way that is different and not raw. Yeah. And it also seems like a lot of parenting for me, a lot of the interviews I do, when mm. it's pe- particularly when it's about emotions and behaviour, yeah. I'm always learning something about myself. Uh, well, yes. You know, like it, oh, we and think... that's what parents say too. Yeah. yeah. We learnt about, and essentially we're all nervous systems. We're all nervous systems. So when their behaviours are going on, it's their nervous system. And when we're reacting to that or things are triggered, you know, from our subconscious, it's our nervous system too. So it's really um, important to understand that we, we've got the power to, you know, bring ourselves down. And that's the difficult part, you know, in the big behaviours is, in my view, we need to develop that lens. So see their behaviour as a, a stress response. So their system, which means they're in their protection zone. The only reason their protection zone is because their little system has perceived some sort of a threat, which to them is a threat. And their body is in protection. And do you know what? They don't know how to get back to calm. And it's really interesting just to see them as little babies again. And in your, I mean, imagination, because they're just as vulnerable. We don't think they need our help to co-regulate, but they do. Yeah. We do too sometimes, but that's the key. So to be able to do that, we need that appropriate lens. And then the strategies have to be with the parents first, yes. <laughs> which is so hard sometimes. So we need to find our calm first and know, this is where education is really important. We need to remember and know that The first step is to get them back to calm. And for humans, the main, like the autobahn back to calm land is human connection, connection with another human, because that's safety. Our nervous system knows when we're in connection with another safe human being, safe human being, we feel safe and safe equals calm to our nervous system. So we're not carrying on with behaviours we're in our calm system. Mm. So that is the first port. The first step is to get them back to calm. The main way that works to get them back to calm is that bottom-up connection. And it doesn't have to be, you know, cuddling or touching or things like because some kids won't let, them, won't let us near them when they're in that situation. But connection is, I mean, that you connect with their experience, okay? And it's also understanding when our protection zone is on, it's really important to understand that we are wired a certain way, right? So the way our body protects us, there's two ways, but the one we usually see is the fight flight. That's where everything's elevated. And so we're born with a social engagement system because we're, we're born, we come into the world wired to connect because it's a survival thing. Back in those days, it was safety when you're in a group of people rather than on your own. It was a lot more risky to be on your own. Plus babies, they're dependent, fully dependent. So we've got this social engagement system that is our tool to engage and connect. And that's our um, mainly our face, so our facial expressions, our eyes, our voice and our posture, okay? So that's how we connect. So if you can imagine they're in their fight-flight system, so their little system it's looking out for danger. That's how it's wired, right? It's, mm. It wants safety, but it's looking out for danger. 
and we're animals basically, so survival is paramount. So it's looking out for danger. So imagine when your system is primed to look out for danger and you hear a really loud voice like this and stop it or really aggressive words or, you know, really strict, you know, really rigid movements or a finger in your face or a really angry face. That's not communicating safety. No. Yeah. But we do that because our system is on too. So that's why the first strategies is always with the parents. And plus, it's easier to do that when we have the understanding about how they're hearing things, what they need and how to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So we communicate safety through gentleness. Wouldn't yeah. that be great if all parents <laughs> knew that? Well, yes, that's, that's I why, love that. that's why so we, we created to, Boss Brain too. That's exactly right. <laughs> because that actually does touch on my final question to yeah. you is yeah. that I know across Australia now yeah. that there are long waiting lists everywhere yeah. well, this to is the see other someone. Issue. Yeah. And I'm wondering, I know that there is obviously a component of mm. Boss Brain where you're online and you're you're engaging yeah. with kids, yeah. but is this a good alternative yes. strategy yes. while yes. you're waiting to get in yes. to see someone? And this is this is partly why we created it as well, because we're in private practice and there's a bottleneck. There's mental health everywhere. Um, there's a bottleneck. And so it's really important to be able to have services where uh, they can access while they're waiting or even for some people it's enough. But yes. do you know, to be honest, because I created it and I'm a, a psych, a clinical psych, this is actually really good value yes. <laughs> compared to seeing individual psychologists sometimes. And plus you're seeing it's a regular. Yes. Um, and what we're really, really chuffed about, we should just realise, is the National Children's Mental Health Strategy that's not long been released. Boss Brain ticks so many of those boxes. And so we're like, oh, wow, like, we knew it was a good program. But yeah. <laughs> now the question is, do you have the capacity for the... <laughs> we will definitely have it. We will find it. Yeah. Look, and access is a big thing for us. Yeah. Um, it's a big, big, big issue for us. We, we want... To me, this is like, I'd love you know, all kids. We'd love this to be in the school curriculum, you know, yeah. like because it's so important to have those, not only the top-down strategies, but that understanding even, and teachers too, you know, and it's harder for them because they've got so much on their plate and so many kids. But even if at home they're getting that bottom-up connection and relationship and mums and dads are understanding what leads them to back to calm zone and, and how we do it and, and all that sort of stuff, like you, you can imagine like the ripple effects of that down the track. So look, honest to God, I know I sound like I'm going on, but I'm so passionate about this area. Um, that's probably why it's developed, but it's, it's actually an excellent, an excellent program to have, to, uh, meet the needs of this current bottleneck situation. Yeah. Which I can't see it, uh, improving too much. Soon. In a hurry. Yeah. yeah. There's not, just not yeah. people coming out. Yeah. So I did um, mention in the introduction that this is, um, Boss Brain is designed for children from five yeah. to 11. So yeah. it's definitely worth checking out if yeah. you feel your child falls into this category. Lynn, thank you so much for your time and passion today. Oh, thank you. I could talk about it forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's Lynn Jenkins. She's a clinical psychologist and director of Boss Brain. For more information about the program and the work that Lynn does, check out the notes in this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you did, please rate, review or favourite. That way you'll get all the new episodes, plus we can reach and help even more parents. 
And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, email me at feedplaylove at listener.com. Bye for now.